Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks, and I'm honored to be your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist. I'm a consultant and an advisor, and I work with companies to help drive their retail transformation initiatives forward. Together, we tackle complex challenges. We define the ideal operating model. We build momentum and ultimately deliver that successful transformation. Thanks for listening to today's episode. This one is episode 227, number 227. Now, as the retail market continues to evolve, it's critical that we start to think more about ecosystems, specifically from your customer's point of view. No longer does a retail business exist within a single channel, of course. No longer Equally, does a customer think about a retailer in just one way? And ultimately, there are many different ways to serve and satisfy and add value and sell to people in the evolving world of retail. So in today's episode, we're going to be lifting the lid on your customer ecosystem, exploring what it means, sharing examples, and then thinking about how you can go about defining, designing, developing your ecosystem as we move into the next stage of retail. The show notes for today's episode are at obandco.uk slash 227. And remember, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. This is my email newsletter and each and every week you get to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of the changing world of retail. Get key headlines, highly curated insights and thoughts and advice from yours truly to help inspire you on your journey towards successful transformation. Sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. No strings attached, no costs, obandco.uk slash 227. So as I mentioned, today we're talking about enhancing your customer ecosystem. But let's start at the ground floor. What on earth is an ecosystem? What does it mean? What does it look like? An ecosystem is very closely connected with your brand. Your brand, not your branding, your brand is what people feel like after an interaction. Your ecosystem is where and how that interaction is created. And it's a term that has really been best shown by some of the big retailers. Think Amazon, Walmart, Alibaba. These companies have got big ecosystems, complex ecosystems with many different elements, many different aspects, a huge scope. And it means that the business as a whole is very multifaceted. But all of these different parts do work and play together. So if we were to use the example of Amazon Prime, once you are into that part of the ecosystem, it unlocks the delivery proposition, it unlocks a video proposition, a music proposition, and so on. So all of these different parts fit within the ecosystem. And there are many other ways of engaging, of course, with Amazon, not just Prime, 
or another subscription model for that matter, but it's all parts. So a couple of big questions just to set the scene. Number one, does having an ecosystem or thinking about an ecosystem mean that you need to have fingers in lots of pies like those companies just there? No, it does not. They are very big, broad companies, so their ecosystem is nice and easy to demonstrate, but you do not need to be so broad as those. And does it mean that you need to be a retail giant? Number two, <laughs> again, no. Smaller retailers, and I'm using the term smaller relative to a Walmart or an Alibaba, smaller retailers still have the chance and the opportunity to develop great ecosystems for their customers. And so in today's episode, we're going to be looking at three parts of the ecosystem. The owned ecosystem, which you're probably pretty familiar with already. The relationship ecosystem, which hopefully some parts of your organization may have done some thinking around. I'm sure they have. <laughs> but does the whole organization think about it? Probably not. And then thinking about ecosystem expansion. And we'll touch on some key considerations to think about and how you can put this into practice. So let's dive in. The owned ecosystem. And really at the core here, there are three different aspects. Your channels, your products, and your services. And how these three different aspects interact with each other. Let's just dive through these at pace. I'm sure you've thought about it. Your channels, obviously there's lots of different channels available. This is not a podcast about Omnichannel. There are other episodes about Omnichannel, by the way, if you are interested. But do think about all the different channels, obviously physical, obviously digital, but also think about customer service centers, contact centers. Think about your partnerships, especially with regard to shop-in shops or concessions. And you may also want to think about marketplaces as well. So there is no right answer for which channel mix is right for your business. But whatever channel mix is right for your business is a key part of your ecosystem, obviously. Secondly, products. Now, the products, of course, are going to be very category specific, and you'll know them better than I do for your own business, of course. But you want to think about how you can have a range of different offerings. A good, better, best rating often works well, thinking about a range. You might also want to think about different accessories and attachments, again, really dependent on what your category is and how you can encourage customers to upgrade and repurchase. And for the majority of retailers, it sounds obvious, but let's just make sure everyone understands. For the majority of retailers, the products are the table stakes, right? If you don't get the products right, there's no point talking about loyalty schemes and all the other expert stuff that you could be thinking about. And then finally, services. Now, the first point about services that we'll touch on is expert advice. Expert advice is not really considered a service with a capital S, but it is essential for giving great customer service, whether that's guiding or answering questions or educating consumers. There are loads of great examples that I'm sure you have experienced as a consumer, and that's the best way of thinking about this, what you have experienced as a consumer rather than with your business hat on, shall we say, what you think you are offering to consumers as well. Expert advice is absolutely critical. So do think about how that fits in your ecosystem, how you can develop it and enhance it even further as well. The next aspect of services that you might want to think about is in-store customization, whether it's adjusting clothing and tailoring or personalizing a particular product. 
Perhaps you're thinking about installation services with an opportunity to add major value to customers. For example, a TV installation add-on service or a mobile phone switchover service that might be done in store. You've got different aspects of the proposition where perhaps the most prevalent nowadays is actually going to be a click and collect service, obviously for your own collections, but also partner collections and even perhaps offering lockers for somewhere like a Collect Plus or an Amazon, somewhere like that. There may be third party services in store. Perhaps it's a post office in a smaller convenience store. Or perhaps you have a partner that offers relevant beauty services. Again, a lot of it here is very dependent on your specific category. There may be some links to other ecosystems or other companies. The example I like here is IKEA and TaskRabbit, who they did acquire a few years ago. But it's a nice, easy way to sell additional services to those customers. Again, it's a little like the install service. Smart Home, again, offers plenty of opportunities, really category specific, of course. And then the final service which I wanted to highlight out to you is the owner services. These are services specifically for your past customers. So really providing post-sale service, we say. Perhaps that's about repairs. Perhaps it's about ongoing education and helping people get the most out of those previous purchases. And maybe it's an opportunity to connect past customers and their past purchases and bring them into your resale market. So that is the owned ecosystem, a mix of channels, products and services. And I'm sure you've probably done loads of thinking about that already. So let's move on to the next part of the ecosystem. Expanding our reach, we've got the relationship ecosystem. In no particular order, we're going to start with the influencer community. Now, perhaps you engage influencers to help raise brand awareness, drive traffic, create content, or even provide some of the expert advice and just get the conversation going with your customers and your target customer base. Either way, influencer strategies are becoming more and more of a critical component that need really careful planning and they're an essential part to this relationship ecosystem. No longer can an influencer strategy just be about paying a celebrity or someone with a big social following loads of cash in exchange for a sponsored post or an ad. Yes, you can still do that, but there are many more structured ways of going about it. And one of the big evolutions that I'm seeing in this area is that of the micro-influencer. These are individuals who have smaller audiences, but they're so much more relevant, so much more curated and much more connected to your customers. Now, of course, if you're using micro influencers to make that same impact, you're going to need a whole community of micro influencers. So think about how you can connect those individuals or even those companies into your ecosystem. How can you intentionally support them? How can you encourage people to play a bigger part in your business and how you are presenting yourself to customers? What does a successful partnership with a micro-influencer mean? Could you offer aspects like sneak peeks or exclusive products? Are there opportunities to do in-store or online activities together? Ultimately, Really consider how do you make your influencer community really help drive and support and build a positive relationship ecosystem? 
But whilst we're on influencers, it would be amiss of me not to mention your colleagues. They are perfectly set up to be influencers, if they want to, of course. Whether it be your buyers who have a deep category and subcategory knowledge, perhaps it's your traders who get to see what's hot, what's trending, and what's next. Your store colleagues are interacting with customers all day, every day. They know the type of questions that people are asking. They know what is on your customer's mind. And equally, at your customer service center or contact center, your colleagues there, again, are dealing with customers day in, day out. They know what's most important. So how can these colleagues play a bigger part in your influencer community? The next part is about your customer community. Now, there are loads of great examples here, whether it's running classes and yoga classes in a sports shop, or perhaps it's an unboxing video on TikTok. These are all great ways to get your customers engaging and creating content. But most importantly, they're just fantastic for getting your customers talking to each other. And the example I would like to lean on most here is Games Workshop with their war games and miniatures. They have clubs in store and independent clubs as well. They're highly engaged, highly passionate, and customers are conversing all the time on this topic about the brand, right? And let me tell you, when people make friends because of your brand, you're going to radically level up, radically transform the brand loyalty that that individual shows to you as well. So think about how you can create a true and genuine community where people are having fun and they're making friends. The next part is thinking about your suppliers and your partner brands. Maybe it's about working together with these other companies to offer exclusive options. Curry's do a great job of this with exclusive products and variants from respected and sought after brands that make a customer feel like they have to shop with Curry's because they've got the best range, the exclusive range, right? Maybe it's about having brand reputation and credibility in the way that premium brands like Apple and Samsung and Nike bring to a retailer. Think about what joint initiatives you could do to truly maximize the opportunity for both of you. And then think about how you can bring any acquired companies into the mix as well. A little like the IKEA example earlier, but the people I think are doing a fantastic job of this right now are Fraser's Group. Fraser's Group have bought up many different brands and retailers over the past few years, and now they're starting to bring these ecosystems together. For example, in their new Fraser stores, which blend in Sports Direct and House of Fraser and even Flannels, plus their other brands as well. Of course, the devil is in the detail, but it's a smart move to think about how you can bring, for example, customers from Sports Direct and Game, for example, and bring those two customer ecosystems together to get more value. Consider how your suppliers and partner brands can work together to enhance that relationship ecosystem. And then, of course, in terms of relationship ecosystem, a relationship is absolutely best when it's a two-way relationship. So think about how you can listen to your customers. How can you gather foresight and insight and feedback? Learn more about your customers, your ideal customers. Learn more about what's important to them. And you must think bigger than just your ecosystem. Think of it from your customer's point of view. What's going on in their world? And what's going to happen to them? What are the 
external impacts that they are going to be threatened by, for example? What are the opportunities equally that are coming that could fit within your ecosystem in the future? Also recognize how is the ecosystem, particularly your owned ecosystem, working for them at the moment? And of course, blend in both qualitative and quantitative feedback, which I believe allows us to consider both the conscious and subconscious thoughts, i.e. what people say versus what they do. So that's the relationship ecosystem that surrounds your owned ecosystem. And finally, let's look at ecosystem expansion. Growth is, of course, a goal for many, many companies. And this growth could come from any different aspect in the ecosystem, or it could come from enhancing and expanding the ecosystem. So let's just think about that existing ecosystem. Maybe that growth comes from improving the proposition or opening new channels, developing new products and services, working with more influencers. You know, there are loads of great examples. And you see these all over. Many companies are opening new marketplaces. This is a great example of enhancing that owned ecosystem, but also thinking about the relationship ecosystem as well. But at the end of the day, retail is often a classically low margin business. And many different retail companies are thinking about a fundamental transformation to create new opportunities that are not quite so low margin. And as inflation and the cost of living bites, more companies are going to start to think about expanding their current ecosystem and thinking about a potentially higher margin opportunity. So the first opportunity we'll touch on today is thinking about an own brand product development. Now, this brings in a lot of the margin from the supply chain, but it does risk putting you in direct competition with those precious brand partners that we have already been speaking about, your suppliers. and. If you've never done product development, certainly at scale, it's going to need significant investment in time, in capability, in experience, and of course, in financial terms as well, to develop the process of product development and to develop the manufacturing capabilities as well. Then there are developments in other consumer services. Several years ago, we saw retail's expansion into banking and insurance services. And more recently, we're starting to see companies expanding into healthcare, for example, or travel. If we're thinking from a strategic point of view, this sort of strategy is about selling new products to existing customers. Another area that many retailers are exploring right now is that of B2B services, most notably development of media networks to promote advertising in store and online. And in many ways, this is about monetizing your existing customer footfall or traffic or customer eyeballs, right? And we spoke about that in a recent episode with Ricardo Belmar. That's a great episode to listen to. So check out the show notes at obandco.uk slash 227 to find that episode. But if that's about monetizing your customers, there are also companies that are looking at monetizing their operating model particularly with platform services from the likes of THG and Ocado and Walmart and, of course, Amazon, who arguably really kick-started this when they launched Fulfilled by Amazon. And then there are companies that are expanding their ecosystem with quite disconnected 
revenue streams. Companies like John Lewis, for example, are moving into housing and property management. Other retailers are expanding to become a landlord for other retailers or other businesses. And all of these offer high margin opportunities. Of course, they're not guaranteed. And of course, there are many businesses within those particular competitive markets as well. So you're going to need to think about how you can become capability enhanced before you enhance your ecosystem. Plus, it is absolutely essential that as you expand your ecosystem, you stay aligned with the core business. Otherwise, you're going to see your organization being torn in multiple different directions. And if it's the same individuals being torn in different directions, that gets very difficult. You're going to get into more resource conversations, more prioritization conversations, and ultimately more conflict conversations as well. So defining how your total company offering an ecosystem fits together and remains cohesive is critical, really critical. So what can you consider as we're thinking about these three different ecosystems, the owned ecosystem, the relationship ecosystem, and your expanded ecosystem? Well, on the face of it, it's all about strategic growth. Maybe it's about selling more of the current product to your current customers. Maybe it's about selling new products to your current customers. Maybe it's about selling your current output or capability to new customers, as in B2B services. And of course, you want to avoid trying to sell new products to a new customer group, which is a lot of unknown to tackle all at once. The customer focus must remain key. How can you stay aligned to your existing customer base? How can you remain relevant and coherent as well? Because if you suddenly expand your ecosystem in lots of different ways, and it gets very confusing for customers, that's going to actually likely result in a, a big detriment as people don't really know who you are anymore. It's important still to think about profitability and flow of money, as I'm sure you know. But does any particular aspect of the ecosystem stand alone in a box? It's unlikely. An ecosystem, by its very nature, is interactive with other elements. So how are you going to be able to prove the value of any part of your ecosystem, especially if you're thinking about expanding that ecosystem? What's the goal of it? It's worthwhile recognizing that an ecosystem evolves over time. And part of evolution, unfortunately, is death. So don't feel bad about closing or stopping parts of your ecosystem if they're not working. You know, a waste of time and energy is good for no one. And actually, if it's adding that confusion that we just spoke about a minute ago, it's going to be a great decision for everyone. Ecosystems and ecosystem expansion in particular can be a great way to experiment. You know, we spoke very lightly about shopping shops and partners earlier. This can be a, a super way to get a win-win for the hosting retailer to be able to sell some of their space, learn about adjacent markets and customer segments, and even new categories. And then for the hosted retailer, in that shopping shop example, it's a great way to quickly get into physical retail in a low-risk way with an established customer base, an established footfall or traffic volume and an established operation ultimately. And then the final consideration to share with you is to assess and consider how people are interacting with your brand from across that broad ecosystem. Of course, 
Customers have been a big focus for you already and in this conversation. But what about your colleagues, your suppliers, your broader stakeholders, such as unions or regulatory bodies, for example? What does that ecosystem mean to all of those different individuals? And I do have a final thought in a minute, but there are so many different topics that we've touched on today. And of course, the archives of the Retail Transformation Show have got many of these topics expanded out into full episodes. So I just wanted to pull out a few different examples for you to consider today. In episode 126, we were talking about the complexity of omnichannel retail. And of course, channels was a key part of that owned ecosystem. As part of the relationship ecosystem, we spoke about influencers. So check out episode 179 with Michael LeBlanc as we spoke about how influencers are changing retail. And Michael has a unique point of view on influencers from three different angles. And I'll let you listen to episode 179 to find out why he is the perfect guest to talk about that topic. Then in episode 214, I caught up with Ricardo Belmar and we spoke about the evolution of retail ad and media networks. Of course, a big B2B service offering focus at the moment for many companies. And finally, I'd encourage you to check out episode 216. Retail ecosystems are inherently complex and interconnected. And so in episode 216, it was a solo show with me. And together we can think about what to learn from the disruption of 2022. So four episodes to go and check out there. And I'll drop a couple of extras into the show notes for you as well. Find out all of those episodes at obandco.uk slash 227. And remember, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you're there. It's an important part of my ecosystem to serve you, to help you drive your retail transformation forward. So a final thought. Right at the start, we highlighted a brand being about what you feel after an interaction, whereas an ecosystem is where and how that interaction is created. And of course, throughout the conversation today, we've thought about how they fit together your different parts of your ecosystem to form from your customer's point of view, a really clear and cohesive set of interactions. And you need to consider how to design and develop your own ecosystem. But also that ecosystem must be functioning, right? You've got to have the supporting business and the supporting operation. So underneath all of your customer ecosystem, there is a vast supporting ecosystem. Just like in nature, there is an ecosystem that you see, which is very nice, but underneath it, there are microorganisms of huge complexity operating within their own ecosystem that ultimately supports that visible ecosystem. And if the hidden elements of the ecosystem are not working, they're not functioning, the whole ecosystem falls, right? And it's just like this. We've got our wonderful customer ecosystem, but what are the ecosystems that support it? What's the technology and the IT infrastructure? Who are the people and what is the organization that supports that customer ecosystem? How is finance enabling 
that customer ecosystem? What's the business model? What is the operating model as well that underpin it all? How do all of these different aspects from commercial to supply chain to people ops, how do they all fit together? That is a really complex challenge and I encourage you to dive into it because otherwise that customer ecosystem, it's going to feel disjointed. It's going to feel like one of the supporting ecosystems isn't working and that will cause upset. So do define out your operating model and all of the other aspects that we've spoken about, especially as you start to think about expanding the ecosystem as well. Developing a new business unit is absolutely possible and I've loved helping clients to do that, but it's not easy. There are so many different aspects to consider and it's likely that the capability does not exist within the current organization, depending on how extreme that expansion is looking. So reach out. Let me know if you are expanding your ecosystem or if you're developing your own and your relationship ecosystems. My email is oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Or you can message me on LinkedIn. And I'll put links to both of those on the show notes once again at obandco.uk slash 227. And I want to say a big thank you for tuning in today. I hope you have enjoyed the episode. And I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.